You're listening to Between the Reads, a bi-weekly podcast that shines a spotlight on books by new and recently published authors. I'm your host, Audra Russell. Are you looking for a good read? Tired of being disappointed by trending books that don't live up to the hype? Maybe you're an aspiring author and feel like giving up on your writing? Stay tuned, book lovers and writers alike. This show is for you. Philadelphia native Mark Avery is a husband, father, entrepreneur, and habitual coffee drinker with a great imagination and an awesome beard. His debut novel, Redemption Lost, is a story of risk, restitution, and retribution. Mark lives in Delaware with his wife and children. When he's not working or writing his new crime fiction series, you can probably find him at Starbucks drinking iced coffee. Mark! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you doing? Pretty good. Good, good, good. So tell our readers a little bit about yourself. Well, in addition to writing, people might not know that I'm a, a avid reader. Um, it's it's probably more I, I oh man, I just I love I love reading and, and you can't read you can't write without you know without reading. I love traveling. I probably like reading more than watching TV, but I really love a good, like a good, like cop show. I like iced coffee, no matter what people say about the nastiness <laughs> of it. I'm a supporter of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, um, really big on, on family. I'm big on, uh, helping people. I mean, I'm, I'm just a regular guy. I mean, I'm from I'm Philadelphia, proud, uh, to be from there. Um, like the second tallest in my family, I, and I'm six two. Wow. I'm the second like smallest, and I'm and I'm six two. So I, I feel small around my my siblings. You know, did a little bit of a a little bit okay. of school. Um, I, okay. I want to go back. Um, okay. To school. Yeah, I'm just a regular guy. So just an average guy. Okay. So your debut novel, Redemption Lost, is about Anthony Porter. And he's a young man that's thrust into manhood way too soon, as, um, you know, a lot of black men, unfortunately, are. Tell us about this book and how it came to be. It was, you know, it was built solely off of the idea that a college degree automatically opens doors. Okay. It was just based solely off, straight off of that. And then what I wanted to do was I wanted him to have like an obstacle to overcome. And that's kind of where the alcoholism comes in. Okay. It was born out of frustration. I can't lie because at the time that I was writing the book, I was like querying agents and I, and I, and I said, okay, this is the kind of book that I'm going to write. And then I started writing another book. So I'm writing them together and I'm like, someone is going (laughs) to accept this. And I kind of like, (laughs) and I kind of built that idea of like, perseverance and like with the risk and the restitution and retribution and like bake that into the story of like not giving up mm-hmm. um so it the, the story kind of paralleled with me trying to actually get the actual story um to be accepted that's where it, that's where it came from explain that parallel to me you were frustrated as a writer but so you just had to give this character all of these different issues to overcome exactly yes I felt like I, I felt like it was so annoying. I, I know I could articulate a better word, but it was like annoying to like query and like get those half messages back. Oh, it's it's okay, but not for me. And you you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. And the more that happened, 
the more I sat down and like gave him more. I kept every time it happened, I kept giving him more. I think it was a good thing because it, it ended up making it for like a better like a better story. Mm-hmm. And then you threw Essence in there on top of everything, who was crazy as hell. <laughs> I, can I can I tell you something? Yes. The the most fulfilling thing as a writer is for a person to hate a person that doesn't exist in real life. Oh, well, like you people... did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> for <People> sure. Said, <laughs> they, they said, I, I don't I don't like Essence and I don't think anybody else should like her either. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Essence was batshit crazy. I could not stand her. Could not stand her from jump. I I was side eyeing her from the moment he met her. I knew there was something about her I didn't like, and I was right. The woman was crazy, crazy. And now I have know, I have to ask you: Was she based off of anybody that you know, or just people around you, or did you just pull her out the air because of your frustration with the writing process? What do they say when a cop shows? I plead the fifth. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, plead the fifth. And as you sip your iced coffee, you plead the fifth. Oh yes, 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 absolutely. Oh boy! It's so tasty too. So, what made you, with everything else that Anthony was dealing with in this novel, what made you throw essence in on top of that? I mean, it seems like you know I don't want to give away too much of the book, but it, it just seems like. Anthony couldn't catch a break. It was just one bad decision after another. And, you know, I talked about this in my review that he didn't have his father there because his father walked out. And, you know, so where a father would normally guide a young man into into right. manhood and help him to make those decisions, better decisions, Anthony didn't have anyone. So right. Um, what made you throw Essence in on top of all that from, you know, it's like he couldn't catch a break and then here she comes. Kind of, you know, it was, it, you know, from his perspective, he like sees or he see, he saw her a certain way when they first met. And then as mm-hmm. his, his um, admiration of her grew, he wanted to see the bad side of her less. So he's starting okay. to like her more and wants to ignore the, the signs and then he does that until um until it's too late but i just wanted to keep giving i wanted to for him to persevere no matter what came his way that was mm-hmm. kind of the the genesis of it so the love is blind thing he, absolutely very very blind mm-hmm. yes where other people can possibly see it but not him not him no mm-hmm. until it's too late yeah and if i remember correctly I don't think that you had to, I think his mother may have hinted at, you know, the fact that he was moving a little too fast, but there was no one else in his life that kind of saw Essence for who she was. Tell me why you didn't put someone in there to try and kind of stop him or at least give him a warning sign. He had his best friend in the book, Paul. He kind of says like, treat my boy right. Or in those little instances where they had where they were in the same place at the same time, he kind of threw those little subtle jabs, but he never wanted to dissuade Anthony from what he was doing because remember he was so inexperienced and he was happy and nobody wants to blow the first time somebody is like really Mm -hmm. happy and tell him, Oh, this is going to fail. Um, but his mother didn't care about any of that stuff. (laughs) So I 
I wanted her to be that that one to be okay uh, to kind of try to yeah okay now I'm not going to give away the ending because you know people have to experience that on their own <laughs> but Mr. Mark I yes yeah, sit, sit there and sip your iced coffee because I see you over there like Kermit <laughs> right now with your little cup drinking. <laughs> I need to know why you had to do him like that in the end. Why did you have to take your readers down that road and give them hope and then just dash it away? Why did you have to do that? Uh, so you lead me to these like places. You know what's funny? Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so like what? when you get uh when you go with a when you go with a major publisher, you have a, a deadline. Mm-hmm. I was so cognizant of like how that would make people feel or their reaction. I held up the deadline mm-hmm. twice because I, I, I kept rewriting it. Really? And I just was like, no, no, this is the natural in my world, in Mark Avery's world. This is the natural evolution. Like this is the natural. End. And I'm not, again, again, I'm not going to lie. I had an alternate version that I won't say, but I just, I, I just I just leaned in that in the other direction and I just felt like although people would be probably mad, they would appreciate it. And why do you think people would appreciate that ending? Because I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, it's just um, you know what it is? We all make uh split decisions and I think things we may want to uh take back. And in real life, there is no reset button. So once mm-hmm. you make mm-hmm. that decision, it that's it. You made it. You can't take it back. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to show consequence. I, I guess is what I was the like the mm. main thing. Right. That it. You know. Sometimes you know things don't always end happy. I, I actually watched a movie uh, yesterday called Waves. Okay. And oh, that movie was just. It features the actor from who plays the father in This Is Us. I don't know if you watched that, but yes. Um. Okay, so Waves kind of ends similarly okay. to the way your book ends. And I was just about as hot with that movie as I was with your book. <laughs> I really was. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I thought about reading your book again before our interview. And I said, nope, nope, not going to do it because I'm not, I'm not. I actually threw your book against the wall when I was finished reading with you. <laughs> And I need to know if you're going to give us a sequel to that book. I, I struggle with that every single day, you know, because as as an author, you don't struggle that much because it's look, been a year since I look, asked you, and you still look, ain't written nothing. Look, no, no, no. You know what's funny? <laughs> I, no, no. I'll give you one better. I have. I it don't it, exi- it exists. It's just like <gasps> what direction. And I can't, of course, if I give you one snippet, then you're like, wait, wait, so how does it, you know, it's. I mean, you could give the girl like an advanced reader's copy. I'm just, you know, I, email that Joan to somebody. You know I'm what, you know what, I, what I'm starting to do um, <laughs> to make, because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make the writing um, experience, like as I write the book, more structured. Mm-hmm. So I'll write the synopsis first. Okay. And. Now it's like, okay. okay, this is the story. Now we go ahead and write it. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. Okay. So that's kind of what I did with like this, like this, this sequel thing. 
<laughs> I kind of wrote like a rough, like a rough synopsis, and then started to build uh, the story from from that. That's that's kind of where I, where I was. Okay. With it, okay. I mean, I, I, like I said, anytime you need a set of eyes, just to read. I, no, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. No, I do. I do. I'm serious. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to get. I just need some closure. There is no closure in that book. I need some closure. Okay. I just. Oh, I just need some closure. I, we just gonna move on. We yes. Move on. Okay. <laughs> so you're working on a crime series right now. Yes. So can you tell us what inspired you to break into that genre? Well, <laughs> back in 1995, one of my aunts had a VHS tape. It was one of my favorite movie, Carlito's Way. Before the movie came on, there mm-hmm. was a there was a ad uh, for Bad Boys, okay. which which turned out to be now like my one of my favorite one of my favorite favorite movies. So once I saw that, I said, "Hmm, I want to want my own set of like cool detectives and stuff." And I had written like mm-hmm. back then, uh, just in my imagination, nothing really big. So when I started writing, it was always an idea in my head. Even when I was writing Redemption Lost, I was writing those. Uh, parallel it's just that i finished redemption laws first so ever since i saw that movie i always wanted my own set of cool det- a la miami vice uh uh lethal weapon all of those kind of movies i always want dating yourself i know i listen <laughs> and i don't care so, <laughs> so <laughs> i don't even care so it's like when I, when I seen all of those, even even with like SVU, I know it's not kind of the same, but like I just wanted mm-hmm. to brand that, and that's kind of where the idea came from. And then I started writing. Okay, so what made you? What what made? Because I know I follow you on Instagram, so I know you started in 2019. So what what finally made you say, okay, I'm going to start this? I, I just just uh, being committed to consistency, I guess. Like if I do not sit down. At least an hour a day, uh, and get and get this started. It'll 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 just sit on the mm-hmm. laptop. It'll never get done. And you know, if you, if if it goes a couple of days, right. now you haven't written anything in two weeks. So <laughs> I, I just didn't want it to get to a point. Where, <laughs> I just didn't want to get to a point where it's like, well, where where is it? So now I'm kind of finishing it up now. Okay, so what's the name of the first book in the series, and tell us a little bit about it. So the name the first the first one is going to be called a recipe for survival. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I, it took me a very long time to like I t- it, it was titleless. <laughs> it was it was crime fiction novel in my on my like <laughs> Google Doc. Um, but it, it's 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 like um of the of like a basic synopsis is like the the um the bad guy um is on like a mm-hmm. like a like a killing spree. Um, he's a serial killer, basically, in Philadelphia. Okay. And what he's doing is he is leaving the bodies at various landmarks around the city to incite fear. And these two detectives have to come together. One is transferred to the other's department. Okay. They don't like each other. They have to come together. And if they don't mm-hmm. form an alliance, mm-hmm. the serial killer might end mm-hmm. his spree with them. So... That's kind of where, yeah. That sounds interesting. So, so what are the two main characters' names? So the first, the main, main one, his name is, his 
full name is Adrianus, but is he is gonna go by Aiden whenever he's mentioned. So it's okay. like Aiden okay. Aiden Bravo. And then okay. the his partner is Aubrey Bryce. Um okay. and they're uh they're So you have a you have a thing for A names, huh? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. <laughs> you see how that works? <laughs> and no, it's it's funny. And then um uh they're uh they're homicide, but it's it's kinda of, it's 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 mm-hmm. like kinda of like this buddy cop vibe throughout the throughout the book. And I just wanted like camaraderie mm-hmm. to be like that central theme where they're always watching each other's backs and they kind of learn to be better partners better men uh just better in general throughout the entire book and just using that to uh, come together for a common good so are you gonna have an ending like the one in redemption lost where i'm gonna get mad and throw the book across the room (laughs) i wish oh my gosh so I'm, i'm gonna share this with you so um i get the edits back developmental edits back for the book right do you want to know what my editor said to me? That the ending needs to change? Yes. She she, <laughs> she she said, I understand that you have a thing for these sad endings. <laughs> but you may... Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but uh-huh. <laughs> See? See? So I said... You can't be torturing your readers all the time. Sometimes you just have to give us a little something, Mark. Listen, that is what they have editors for because when she said it, I was like, oh, okay, I'll I'll go back and change it. <laughs> it was... It was now that I sit... Like, as a, like now as like you, you kind of like outside looking in, I did feel bad because it was mm-hmm. sad. I was like, I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little mm-hmm. heavy. See? No, I, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I'm learning every day. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Right. So, you know, we're talking about writing. So now we're going to get into the writing side of our podcast for our writers out there that are listening. So take us through a day in the life of Mark Avery. What does your writing process look like? On a good day, I can put on one of my favorite CDs is uh, Tamia. It's her, her her first CD. So I'll just put that on. And it's not so much that I need to hear what she's saying. I know the album front back, so I know exactly what she's saying, but I've, I've listened to it so much that I'm just hearing the music at this point. I'm listening to the music. I got my nice little coffee right here and I'll just sit there, turn my phone off, learn to do, that's a new thing. Not, I can't even look at it cause it's not on. So I'll turn it off and just go. And, and, the, and the thing is that I had trouble with or I struggle with is um, self editing where I wasn't I wasn't just writing. I would write and, and I would write and fix that word, change the sentence. Now you haven't done anything. You haven't written. So when you I do that, when I when just, I just you're supposed to just write and leave the editing for later. Now you know that. <laughs> I know. I know. And but no, when it's it's you know, when you have some good music, some good like mellow music, you have you no know, distractions and you're able to write, it's that simple. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. You gotta turn off all the distractions. Some people have uh yes. I've seen writers that have these little keyboards. Have you ever seen them? It's just like a keyboard with a little tiny screen and they write on that and then you can download it onto your computers because the whole thing behind it is that there's no distractions. You can't click on anything. You can't get on the internet, all that. It's just a little, it looks almost like a little keyboard 
And like I said, it just has a little screen at the top so you can see what you're typing and then you can download it. And I, I know actually a few writers that use that and they say the productivity that they have with those is amazing because there you can't give in to any temptation to check your email or anything because it's not on there. No, and I guess, you know what the biggest thing is? Uh, somebody told me treating it, treating it as the same importance of your job, your whatever is important, giving your writing time the same respect of anything else that you that you would do. And I kind of I just mm-hmm. adopted that philosophy and everybody mm-hmm. leave me alone. Because if you don't leave me alone, this book is never going to come out and I'm going to be sad. (laughs) It's funny that you think your kids care about you. Your kids don't care about you being sad. They don't. They don't. They they really don't. They don't care. Listen, okay? They give none. They give absolutely none. No, we don't care. Nice. Um, Thank you that you would even ask us, but we appreciate it. No, they don't. They don't care. They really don't care. They don't care. That's, you know, that's their thing. But uh, (laughs) that's all right. See, you're sitting over there. I can hear you drinking that nasty iced coffee, but that's okay. You go ahead and drink that coffee. It makes me feel good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how, because it's nasty. Everybody drinks, drink hot coffee. Can't you drink hot coffee like, like normal writers? I mean, really? Come on. No, I don't want to be normal. Normal is overrated. See, and normal is, you know, not being normal. That's why you wrote the ending to Redemption Lost and to your new novel. See, that's the problem. It's that cold coffee. You got just cold blooded. That's that's the problem. That's the problem. I got to switch it up. (laughs) You got to switch it up a little bit. You need to drink some warm coffee when you're writing the ending. Right. Right. Oh, that's funny. That is. Oh, man. Okay. So writers, we it's a it can be a very lonely process. It can be a very frustrating process. It is. So think back to um, starting out and we may have some new writers out there who are listening. What is one piece of writing advice that you wish someone had given to you that you'd like to share with writers out there now? Man, you know what? I, w- I would say get an accountability partner. That that that's popped into my head. That's the first thing that popped into my- somebody that holds you accountable uh just for just to bounce ideas off of it. You just said it's it's lonely. When I'm at my laptop, there's no crowd here. I'm by myself. It's very, very isolated, you know. So you want to have somebody that you can reach mm-hmm. out to. Hey, um, I did this. What did you do today? Oh, that was great. Is this idea? What's going on in the writing world? Just have somebody uh, hold you accountable, mm. kind of to be the best version of yourself. Um, oh, another thing is, and don't be coy either. If you write, write whatever you, whatever it is that you want. Just put it everything on that page don't hold back or don't think i don't know if this will be acceptable mm-hmm. just write it and 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 live with that sounds like you need to take that advice yourself because you're over there editing when you write. yeah no no you are absolutely <laughs> that's that was that that was a piece <laughs> that was a piece of advice given to me and i just and and i say you know what i'm not gonna be oh wait, 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 what if if he says this the character, if the character says this, how, how is this going to be taken? Nope, I'm just writing it in whatever. And then if somebody, either they like it or they don't, and, and then and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It that the authenticity has to, because if you try to if you try to rewrite it for you know, oh, I'm scared somebody's gonna, you know, what is somebody gonna think about this? Then then it's not no. authentic, and, and and readers can really sense when you aren't being authentic. You know, I mean, I can sense it when I read something like, uh, I don't believe this. And sometimes I can even sense 
when, you know, something that the author has written is something that, you know, has actually happened to them and they just dropped a little piece of that into the novel. You can you can feel that. So you have you really do have to be authentic and not worry about, you know, what someone's going to think, because, I mean, if you're a writer, it's your job is to make your readers feel those emotions, upset, happy, angry, distraught. So. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big emotion guy. So when I when somebody's reading my work, I would like for them to feel something. I either want them to feel like, oh, you're either angry this has happened. You're happy for the person, something, because if you don't feel anything, I have failed. So where can readers find you on social media? On Instagram, it's author Mark Avery, M-A-R-C-A-V-E-R-Y. And it's the same and it's the same on Twitter too. It's uh, Arthur Mark Avery. And make it simple. Yep. And my website is just www.immarkavery.com. Okay, great. All right, Mark Avery. Well, this has been an interesting conversation. Has your iced coffee run out yet? That was going four minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, Mark, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show with me. And don't forget, readers, you can find him at IamMarkAvery.com. And on Instagram, what's your Instagram name again? Arthur Mark Avery on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram and Twitter. There you have it. Thank you so much for joining the show, Mark. See you next time, readers. You've been listening to Between the Reads with your host, Audra Russell. Tune in next time when I speak with author Delia Pitts all about her mystery series based in Harlem. Until next time.